This episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show was brought to you by Higher Dose. Elevate your mood, promote a healthy glow, support long-term health benefits, and lift your spirit with Higher Dose's at-home wellness tools that use nature-inspired technologies to release a dose of your feel-good chemicals like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins naturally. Higher Dose's infrared, PEMF, and red light devices elevate your health and beauty rituals while their collection of body products boosts the benefits so you feel more rejuvenated, refreshed, grounded, and glowing. Ready to test the best biohacking technologies and feel better daily? Visit higherdose.com and enter the code SAW15 to save 15% on your first order. That's higherdose.com and enter the code SAH15 to save 15% on your first order and prepare to get high on your own supply. And now, on to the show. What's up, my loves? Welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. It's me, Sa. (laughs) Hi. Listen, today's guest is Brandon Beecham. He's an entrepreneur, a thought leader, an author, and the host of the Positive Head podcast, as well as the late night style talk show, Optimistic. What a great name. Optimistic. I love it. His primary focus is on helping people shift their perspectives to inner understand the ultimate nature of reality. Inner understand. I love that too. The ultimate nature of reality and create more of what they want to see in the world. In an effort to do so, Brandon released his first book in 2021, The Golden Key, Modern Alchemy to Unlock Infinite Abundance. In it, Brendan shares the eight keys of abundance, which he has unlocked over 25 years of experience and deep exploration. Get into this episode. I really enjoyed our conversation. And remember, my darling, if you love the show, please rate, review, subscribe, send it to your friends and your family, and let's keep the momentum of the Spiritually Sassy Show going full power. I love you all. Mwah! Well, hello, my dear, and welcome to the show. I think we've been trying to do this for over a year, and here we are finally. Exactly. It's uh, it's one of those things. The, the longer you wait, the better it is, oftentimes I found um, with my own podcast. So I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. So first question I ask everyone is, who are you right now? Who am I right now? That's a great, great opening question. Um, you know, I am a spiritual being, uh, incarnated in a physical avatar that goes by the name of Brandon Beecham, uh, currently, and I am someone that is focusing on, um, teaching best what I most need to learn. I think that's the thing that I found you know, it's like the things that we, we need, we share, you know, my, I'm sure you can really relate to this, oh, right? 100%, honey. <laughs> so yeah, just really working on, I've kind of, you know, I've always been the, the type of person who can get by a lot with even school, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm 
I'm pretty smart with this. I can kind of get get by without putting 111% of my effort. So I'm really mm. at the point where I'm I'm focusing on giving that 111% effort, not in just some areas of my life, but in all areas, you know, mm. diet, exercise, mm-hmm. you know, sleep, all the, you know, just being more disciplined as a person. So mm-hmm. that's who I would say I am right now. Mm. I love that. So the version that I'm catching right now is the disciplined one, which is more nice. disciplined than the one yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Listen, what is the thing that you need to learn the most that you're teaching? Mm. Great question. Um, so for me, I have found um, I can I can definitely I have a lot of fire, a lot of fire in my chart uh, Leo Sunshine, And so that fire has, um, definitely fueled me to create a lot of really awesome things in this life. And, and, um, it's like, just like the scalpel though, right. It can be used to save someone. It can be used to kill. And, mm-hmm. um, so really learning how to tame, tame the beast, if you will, um, tame the fire agitation, mm-hmm. You know, finding myself, um, I've definitely, that's been a big challenge in my own life is not allowing myself to get, you know, I've definitely done my fair share of getting really heated. And then, you know, you're out of alignment and you're, you're not Mm -hmm. coming through as your, your greatest and grandest self. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's definitely the thing that I've had to work reactivity being showing Mm -hmm. up, you know, proactively, like knowing I'm going into this situation that may trigger me and in realizing, hold on, the, you know, these triggers, they're my treasures. That's it's happening for me. It's giving me, mm-hmm. there's something there for me. This person, you know, flicking you off on the highway or whatever, you know, have we ever considered that that's actually an angel for you? They don't necessarily know that they're serving you in that way by being, you know, an a-hole being mm-hmm. out, you know, just that, that, desire to be right. Like, you know, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? Do you want to, do you want to like learn how to master your emotions? Or do you want to be like a puppet on a string that is subject to, you know, if this happens, I'm happy. If this happens, I'm sad. If this, you know, and so that's been a big one in my own journey that Mm. I still am working on. And then I have those wins and I'm like, yes, you know, and we, we know that like our evolution is somewhat of a spiral, right? We think, oh, I've gotten it now. And then you fall off the wagon. It's like, okay, pick yourself up two steps forward, one step back. And uh, that's mm-hmm. definitely been a dance I've been doing for some time and definitely gotten a lot better in recent years. So I love everything you're sharing. I'm like, there's so much to unpack here. And I, I'm just grateful that you're speaking about this um, idea that we are not, you know, demonizing our triggers or the triggering people as, as, as demons, but you're actually taking it to this, you know, from the lens of, of paradox that like they can be a demon. They could also be an angel, but then even, you know, really. And then from that place, we can kind of go a step further and just kind of see it for, for what it is from this kind of place of non-duality. You know, I was just reflecting on it the other day that at first we see things for, for who we think we are. So it's like our conditioning. If we think of ourselves as X, Y, and Z, then we're looking at, you know, life outside of ourselves, through this very limited perspective. Yep. And then I feel like when we progress on the spiritual path, then we we adopt the lens of paradox. We're like, okay, 
this person can be an asshole, but they can also be a sweetheart or yep. this person, you know, has some, some toxic traits, but they're also a really good person. And then we kind of progress a little bit, um, you know, deeper and, and, and with more discipline. And then we can kind of arrive at a place of non-duality. We can just see things uh, for what they are, not for who we think we are, for what we think it is. And it kind of opens the door to, to, you know, to just allow life to, kind of be what is not this extra added ongoing need to add meaning to everything you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, would yeah. you agree to this yeah yeah I, there's a lot in there and you said you know you could be someone showing up in your in your reality in your movie um you know i, I always like to say we're the lead actor actress in our own private Y-O-U universe, it's all reflecting you back to you in some way, shape, or form. And oftentimes, it's like that scalpel example. It can be, you know, the person showing up. It could be um, an angel. It can be a devil, depending on the lens through which you're choosing to focus. And when you start playing with the idea that it's all neutral by design and the meaning you attach to it determines actually the impact that it has. And when you take what you said even a step further of like, you know, if I hit you in the face, it's like you can t- tell a big story around that, like of trauma and abuse and all those things. And think of all the energy with that. Or you could tell the story of I, I was walking through physical space. Uh, knuckles happened to strike my cheek at a certain angle and have X, uh, you know, PSI of impact, <laughs> you know, and it's like, hold on, that's a very different energetic mm-hmm. tie to the same mm-hmm. event happening. And so mm-hmm. learning how to just start, you know, um, shifting our lens so that we can, we can have and find the, 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 the reward there's always in these challenges. There's, there's a gift behind it waiting mm-hmm. for us to uncover. So when we're looking with that expectation, mm-hmm. you're, you're already approaching it from a very empowering, um, standpoint. Yeah, it's really. Thank you for reflecting back, reflecting, adding to the to this stew that we're cooking together here. Because it's like it's really hard for people who have gone through traumatic events to get to this place of saying it happened for you, or mm-hmm. it kind of go to that place where it's it, we arrive at a place of neutrality that like we are the ones that have the transfiguration power to give the meaning that we wanted to give where we're stripping away the good or bad or what our therapist says we should call it or what our friend says we should call it what our spiritual coach says we should call it whatever it is we are adopting everybody else's biases and prejudice and views about our own personal experiences from everyone else around us instead of us going into our heart of hearts into the silence and allowing the silence to speak to us Mm -hmm. and but then again, that takes a lot of audacity, a lot of courage, a lot of a, uh, a lot of um, swimming up against the stream, a lot of saying enough of what people are telling me this means. Um, and that's not to say that from one side of the paradox and one of the aspects of truth, things were really horrific, and you did not deserve that, and it was yep. really bad. Yep. Yep. But then at some point. When do we make the choice to say enough is enough? I'm no longer carrying this story of blame and shame and I'm the victim and the world is bad and I am, you know, poor me and or, you know, whatever it may be like this kind of dualistic polarizing view of every situation. At some point, 
in my own life, I've had to say enough, <clears throat> enough mm-hmm. carrying the betrayal as my armor, enough carrying the, the, the trauma as my, you know, my sword that I, that I go into the world with, you know, yep. and then at some point I just had to say, you know, the people who've hurt me, yeah. they, they, they were in pain themselves, you know, really adopting that highbrow, really uh, flexible, wide view that people that cause pain to other people, they're in pain and mm, yes. them lashing out at another person. It's a cry out for help. As Thich Naha says, instead of us choosing to restore them, we choose to punish them, right. you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, so much goodness in that too, uh, that little rant. It's um, this, when you come to the realization, and you, you're right, we have to be really careful with like, we don't want to say, oh, oh, it happened for you, you know, forget about that, that didn't mean anything, like, you know, come on, uh, you know, buck up buttercup kind of thing. That's not yeah. really that healthy either. It's like, it's it, it can simultaneously be very challenging, painful, difficult, heartbreaking, and it happened for you, right? But it doesn't, it, you still need to yes. work through those things. It's it's this relative, it's not, they're not mutually exclusive. exclusive. It's like relative truths. You and I are separate. That's true. Mm-hmm. You and I are one. Mm-hmm. That's true. So depending from the vantage point from which we're speaking, right? So it's it's really a, a very tricky dance for us not to, you know, get in this state of, oh, yeah, well, it's all happening for you. Okay, great. But that's not helping me as I'm sitting here with a broken leg, you know, and mm-hmm. screaming in pain. Mm-hmm. So that's right. I think that's a really, really important piece for for people to realize. And if you can always know that at least at the from the greatest and greatest view that the 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 highest perspective most expanded perspective it is happening for you that that gives you the power to to sort of move through it and you know in in you know it's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel energy that it brings and and you know in my book i one of the the keys i have eight keys it's it's called the golden key and i break down eight different keys and um one of them is trust the mystery right mm. look i don't know this i would have never chosen this for myself this hurts like hell and i have i trust the process i have faith mm. that this is happening for me not to me and mm-hmm. i might scream i might cuss i might be mad i might feel all these things still and underneath that i know and trust my life. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that I trust the mystery. I was um, I was interviewing uh, Tammy Simon um, on on my podcast. She's the founder of Sounds True, and she said, "You know, I I, I forgot what I was asking her about, but she said something to this effect, and it, it landed so deeply for me. And as you're saying, I was like reminded. I was like, wow, that is such a a vital piece." to having this like backbone of flexibility yeah. and the backbone of like audacity to keep going in a flexible way, no matter what's coming up. You know, yeah. she said, I, I was like, what's, ha- what happens when you're like the founder of like this publishing company that like these greatest saints and sages and mystics have published books. And then there's young people like us, you know, on the, on, uh, in that, in that space. And she says, you know, one thing that I'm I'm able to do these days is I I have the I have trust in this incarnation. Mm. I have trust in this incarnation, is. and that opens the door to to just like think about like 
hey, my previous, if you adopt sort of a past life, kind of like a Vedic or Buddhist approach to life with past lives and future lives, yep. you, you know, kind of giving credit to like my previous life, like, yo, you did a good job. Thank you for like working your fucking ass off. Then now in this lifetime, I get to like trust in this incarnation. I get to trust in my ability. I get to trust in everything that you have done for me to arrive here and yep. be able to, you know, have wisdom, have compassion, be flexible, be kind, you know, all this stuff. And then, um, but we forget, right? We're in samsara. We, an aspect of this reality that we live in is this constant forgetfulness. We yeah. forget to trust. We forget to lean in. We recoil and we become rigid and we contract. Um, tell me more about the keys from, from the book. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. I think we could, I think, I think you're on to something that I think will bring about uh, clarity uh, for the listener and for myself too. I mean, part of doing this show is being educated. You know? Well, yeah. And, and we're all, I think you and I are in, on similar paths in our, our dharmic work. And so it's all different flavors of this energy. And you may have a way of bringing it through energetically in your delivery that really lands with someone that I wouldn't and vice versa. And that's mm -hmm. saint or sage you just mentioned different, different, you know, <clears throat> and so we're all, you know, playing the student and the teacher simultaneously at different times. And I think, you know, um, and, and I'd love to, to touch on the book, of course, as well. Um, one thing that, that I thought of that I wanted to bring up a, a few moments ago, um, in regards to the, someone doing harm to you that, that has brought me a lot of peace. Um, are you familiar mm -hmm. with the book, The Little Soul in the Sun? No, but the title sounds it's a, very It's good. a children's book. I, I say every child from nine to 99 should read this book. Um, the, the author of um, Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh, uh, wrote oh, this wow. children's book. I actually just booked him on my podcast uh, in, well, in a couple, couple weeks. He's coming on. And for me, that was like, I've been at it eight years. That's like top of my list of, because it was one of the most impactful books or trilogies mm -hmm. in, in my life, Conversations with God. But his children, child's book is, is my favorite little soul in the sun. And it's this, this, this light that is a part of the sun, which is sort of a metaphor for God. And it, it's in this perfect environment and it, you know, the, the light is everywhere it looks, there's little lights and they're all just beyond beautiful. And it wants to experience it, it all of a sudden it's, it's sort of this adventuresome light though. And it gets the idea of experiencing something different. Uh, it, it comes up with the concept of forgiveness and it's like, what, what in this land of per this heavenly perfection, what, what a concept. And he starts this dialogue with the sun, which represents God in the, in the book. He's like, ah, you always were the adventuresome one. I knew you'd come up with this idea. And so I've thought of a way and it kind of steps you through, you know, you'll have to lower your vibration enough to go to this place that will create. And another one of the lights will have to dim their vibration tremendously to do something to you in order for you to have something to forgive. And, and so it's this whole dialogue. And so wow. this other light st steps forward and says, I love you so much. I'll completely dim my light. I'll completely lower my vibration. I'll completely forget and lose myself. And all I ask is in the moment that I do this awful thing for you to forgive is that you remember me as I am here now, because if you don't, I will have lost myself. And if you don't remember me, we might both be lost for a very, very long time. And it was, it's just like, you can't, that's my summary of it. But if you read it, you'll cry. Like it's such a beautiful 
powerful truth, you know, laid out in this little children's book. It's like when you think of the person who did the awful thing to you in that light, like they loved mm-hmm. you so much that they suffered and forgot themselves. And because they're suffering, like you said it, right? Mm-hmm. They're suffering mm-hmm. to do that thing to you. Hurt mm-hmm. people, hurt people. And so, yeah, I, I would recommend wow. The Little Soul in the Sun. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So then we're going to talk about the golden key. You know, we're going to go, we're going to speak about your book. But right now you spoke <clears throat> about something that always comes up in every in every episode. And if it doesn't come up, I always find a way of of bringing it up, but it kind of always does, which is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. How has forgiveness played a role in your life? And when was the first time that you've had to really come to terms with it? Because when someone asks me that question, asks me like, how did you get into the spiritual path? I'm like, what was the reason why? And it always comes down to, you know, depending on the audience that's asking, it's always like, I didn't know how to forgive myself. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't know how to forgive other people when I didn't even know how to ask for forgiveness. I was just conditioned, hallucinated, you know, colonized to just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. keep it going. And if they, it, it, in this entire unconscious way of perpetuating the cycle of pain because of my inability to forgive or even embody forgiveness. Mm. So I want to ask you, how has it shown up in your life? And and do you remember a time when you're actually faced with that choice to like, do I keep carrying it or do I let it fucking go? I'm so excited about this question because you literally just tied in the book. You're like, we're going to talk about the book, but we're going to talk about this first. Well, I share a huge story of forgiveness in my book. And it is, it is, (laughs) well played, well played. So it, um, you know, I, okay. So years back I had a travel company. Uh, it started as, you know, me on my friend's couch, went to an Inc fastest growing private company, a hundred plus employees. I brought in my best friend as, a. Uh, you know, I hear here's, you know, equal equity, come help me take this journey, you know, my brother and, you know, a few others. And so um, uh, towards the end of my journey with that company, he really, the the friend really changed to me. It was me, my brother and him. And then we brought in a fourth guy who's a big wig guy who was going to help us sell it and all these things. And he sort of attached himself to this fourth you know, partner and Mm -hmm. kind of turned on me and like they became really close and it was kind of like, oh, Brandon's the crazy spiritual one and talking about all this weird stuff all the time. And I remember, um, right, you know, months before things really went down, um, he asked me, he, he, he's like, Hey, Brandon, if our new fourth partner, uh, were, I just launched my podcast, Positive Head. And he goes, if Positive Head becomes a big thing and uh, our new fourth partner were to say, well, he started it while he was still on payroll at our company. So therefore, uh, we're, I'm entitled to a percentage of it. You know, this is how they were thinking, you know, these guys. Uh, what would you do? And I was like, well, I would just give it to him because I'm infinitely abundant and there's more where that come from, comes from. Little did I know, a few months later, we get offered to be bought out for $30 million. Within 12 hours of that offer, we lost 90% of our revenue. So it imploded the deal. Then I uncovered the two of them a week or two later were secretly plotting to try and take what was left for me and my brother. Now, keep in mind, 
We were the founders. We brought them in, gave them their equity. Now they're trying to scheme to figure out how to take what's left after we already got hit by this asteroid, <laughs> right, of losing a $30 million deal mm -hmm. and 90% of our revenue. And, mm -hmm. and I got to live that thing out. Now, it wasn't with my podcast. It was with this company. I wrote him December 24th, 2015. I remember it like, you know, it was Christmas Eve. And I was like, you know what? I've uncovered your plot because we happened to see emails between them. They didn't think we would see. And so that's a whole thing. Oh, that. my God. And, and so mm. I said, I've uncovered your plot. You don't have to take what's left. You can have it. I just wanted away from their toxic energy. And, you know, obviously the company was a little bit of shambles. And me and my brother wanted to go and do something fresh away from their egos, their, you know, all mm -hmm. the weirdness that had been happening in the year or so leading up. And I got, I, I walked away from something, you know, here's $30 million offer a few months earlier. I gave my baby to them and walked, never heard from him. He never replied. I did it with a lawyer, never, you know, fast forward years later, I'm writing my book, The Golden Key. And I'm, I share this as my, my hero's journey tale, right? He's, he, his, I have a lot of synchronicity around my birthday. It's my dad's birthday, grandmother's birthday. Great grandmother died on that birthday. His his uh, grandmother and baby mama, and it's a whole like story in of itself. So I remembered having Eb Dr. Eben Alexander on my podcast years ago, the Harvard neurosurgeon, very well known for his near death experience. You know, um, in in his book, Proof of Heaven, he said. Um, and on my podcast, he was like, you know, what I saw when I was on the other side for that week, you know, um, is that the villains in our story are often our best friends, you know, and they're playing that role for you. And so here I can see crazy energetic ties to him through this birthday synchronicity, right? And others, other reasons, obviously. So I, I told in my, in the book, you know what, this is a hero's mm -hmm. journey. This happened for me, not to me. It was very hard, but you know, I know he was, you know, as Neil Donald Walsh says in conversation with God, I sent you nothing but angels. And, and so literally get this, uh, the day I finished the book, you know, almost a year putting it together, editing, so painful, you know, submit me and my partner who helped me edit and uh, submit my phone rings. It's, it's him. Jay is his name. Oh, honey. like the moment I hit submit, I haven't heard from this person in six years, you know, at this point. Yeah. And she's like, answer, answer. And I, I don't know that I would have. And he's like, he's on the other end. He's like, you know, I know you probably don't want to hear from me or talk to me, but I've been on an intense spiritual journey since I last saw, you know, saw you. And, you know, I've had crazy vision of something about us writing a book. And I was like, well, I just hit submit and you're named as the villain in the, in the, my hero's journey forgiveness tale. So, you know, that was a year plus ago. Now we're, you know, back in each other's lives. He's absolutely thriving and, and just a different person. So in his heart. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's like, it's, it's, it's a love story. You know, it's, a, it's, mm -hmm. it's like souls get, he gave me the opportunity to, to have that hero's journey experience and to choose love, yeah. you know? And so that's, that's, wow. that's my forgiveness story for you. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you know, it reminds me of a, of, of, of a story. First of all, thank you. And like, I, I'm like a hundred percent, a firm believe, believer of that power of forgiveness, that it is that much of a miraculous um, sauce that it actually can reach far and wide in ways that we can't see with the eyes in our face in ways that we can't even fathom with our limited mind. And I do believe that once you send out a forgive, once you put out, uh, once you 
enter anchoring into the universe that you're forgiving or in this book in this context like writing a book about forgiveness and pressing sand like once the symbolism of all of this is implemented into the akashic records into the ethers into reality there is a consequence to it yeah and oftentimes we think about consequence as something bad but consequence of forgiveness mm. is connection intimacy you know relaxation ease beauty laughter joy and this brings up to a story about a, we were we were uh, leading a retreat in Mexico, me and my sister, a few years ago. And it's it's one afternoon, halfway through the retreat. It's always how we do. We always plan that, that after, the, like the third or fourth day on a week long retreat, we always plan that day to be the afternoon to be about forgiveness. People are warmed up. You know, they've started to like soften. They're no longer numb. They're more, you know, sensitive. They're more in their hearts. Like things have started to happen already. And then here we are, let's do a forgiveness ritual. And then there's there's resistance still, but not so much at this point. And we do resist. People have resistance. And this one girl, an artist, a very successful artist from New York, and she has a, a big wall around forgiveness. She's like, no, this person has done me so wrong. I don't want to do it. You know, I was the victim. I, I'm not going to let them have it easy. I'm not going to give mm -hmm. my power. All the kind of like um, misperceptions that we mm -hmm. have on what forgiveness is. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, okay, okay, I get it. Like, you know, I explained to them what forgiveness really is. And there's still a lot of resistance. But I said, you know what? Do it at just an exercise of faith. Mm. do it as an exercise that like life is more mystical uh than what what we can see with the eyes in our face just do it as as just try here mm -hmm. you've flown from new york city to this little town in oaxaca in mexico to be in retreat with me and my sister like give us the benefit of the doubt that this practice can work mm -hmm. she writes the letter i swear to god brandon she writes the letter sends doesn't send the letter because it's not about sending the letter in this context she writes the letter we burn the letter the next day she comes up to me and says sa i just want to tell you that i woke up this morning with a text message from him wow and i was like oh okay mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna remember and tell the story for as long as i live yeah. because it is these are the stories that sometimes we need to just like activate the faith in these practices activate the faith that that things aren't uh, only our, our, the, our perspective of people and experiences aren't, aren't the whole truth, you know, that you can go to that plane that this person can, you know, be an angel and be somebody that's actually <clears throat> helping you to soften your heart and open your heart, you yeah. know? So I just, I needed to say that to you because mm -hmm. I'm like, for the listener, everyone's listening, see two powerful stories of what could happen when you forgive, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, what a beautiful story. And it's, you know, I don't know where it went for her from there. Um, but, you know, I, I got my friend back, but the new version of my friend, he's like, I, is, you know, he, he, after the, the, that six year gap, he had a really hard time, you know, uh, as mm -hmm. he kind of deserved, I would say, you know, was kind of even you know, suicidal and did it. And then once he had his kind of cracking opening and really when he does everything yeah. like full stop, like, and so once he turned to his spiritual life and I mean, it, like he went from, you know, a couple of years, tens of millions of dollars, like from zero, like, and so then it's like, uh, it's abundance and friendship and, you know, 
history and you've really been through some things together. And it's just like, you can't, you can't, there's, you know, that's not the type of thing that you can get without, you know, you can't, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, that's right. That's right. So talk to me about like, how did you get on, on your spiritual journey? Mm. Like what was the catalyst to you starting the process of discovering your inner world and, Mm -hmm. and getting in touch with your heart and, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, feeling the experience of what presence could bring. Yeah. Like when was that for you and, and what was the catalyst? Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, I was raised very conservative Christian, in a very conservative Christian household. So, you know, church three times a week and my, wow father is, you know, he went at about, when I was about 11 years old, he went from not really having any faith, uh, you know, religious, spiritual, you know, life to becoming very hardcore, like, you know, door knocking every Saturday to invite people to his church and just, you know, kind of becoming like a preacher type energy. And um, so I went to a Christian college then. um, And it was, it's a very conservative, you know, sort of yeah, branch of Christianity is called Church of Christ. Um, and I ended up, um, you know, getting kicked out of uh, my Christian school for being one of the bad kids, just being aka normal. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I met, so I, I was always, you know, a lot of that energy, spiritual stuff around me, but in a religious context, which never quite, the you know, the more my my brain and heart developed the less some things added up. And then mm-hmm. I met someone who claimed to have some intuitive or psychic ability. And she demonstrated some things to me that I was like, wow, like you, hold you on. Got What's going on here? Like, this <laughs> is like, so it got me reading books like Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, mid nineties. Um, 95, 96, you know, and I can only assume saw because it was part of my dharmic path. And if I look at, you know, you, you look at astrology or, you know, life path or destiny cards or any of that stuff, it's all in each one of them. For me, it's like, you know, big on spiritual seeker and teaching and learning and, you know, all the things. So I, you know, I, I would say it was first triggered by seeing something outside of the religious box that really intrigued me, starting to read a lot of stuff that was, and it was like, it all just made so much sense. I'm like, of course it's structured this way. Hold on. How is everyone not seeing or talking about that? You know, this is like mid late nineties. And so I would talk about it to anyone who would listen, my poor friends and fans. If you listen to episode one of uh, the positive head podcast. And I'm at like episode 1800 and some now, if you listen to ep- 1800, yeah. if you listen to episode one, I'm like, uh, my poor friends and family ears have been bleeding for, you know, 10 plus years. And so I needed a new outlet. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, I, so I can only say that, you know, because it's part of my dharmic path to do what we do and just kind of, you know, be a lighthouse and, and amplify this information that it just, it was like, as soon as I was exposed, it was just like, you know, I was early twenties and just like, oh my gosh, how is this not everyone not talking about this? And, um, yeah, so. Okay. So that leads me to the next, there's two other questions that follow up this question. Usually have you had a dark night of the soul? Mm. That's a great question too. You know, I think 
and, and of course, how does one define Dark Knight of the Soul? I think it's it, it's certainly a different experience for um, everyone. I've always been pretty optimistic as a as a person, you know, just mm-hmm. um, just seen for the most part. I mean, that being said, I could certainly in in former years be you know um, be you know more extreme swings like really up and then like, oh my gosh, y'all all is lost sort of thing. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, no one's ever asked me that. And, you know, you, you kind of assume <laughs> everyone's had a dark night of the soul is on a spiritual journey. And I've had a lot of, I've had some, some big hardships. You know, my child's mother is, it's very interesting. We're like yin yang. It's a very, you, you're probably familiar with Shaman Durek. Mm-hmm. So when I first, just to give you a little context on her and how you say dark and I think of that, um, she, um, so she, you know, maybe 10 or so years ago, it started getting from like, oh, she's a little crazy to, you know, speaking in old English, like, like ye shall be twisted and torn when I inherit my throne. It's like very dark and very like creepy and and kind of, um, and so I was talking to Dirk about it when he was on my podcast originally many years ago. And, uh, he goes, Oh, let me tap in. You know, he claims he can tap into anything multidimensionally. And, and, uh, he's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, she's possessed. And I was like, you know, by, by this entity. And I'm like, you know, I never really believed in possession until I seen how she behaves. And he's like, yeah, it's an entity named Lavana. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, and when Lavana was in physicality, she did this. She had a lot of power. She would behead people. She would, you know, does your, your kid's mother cackle? Does she, you know, he started naming all these things. And I don't know how much, how familiar you are with Derek or not, but he's very like, okay, he's so confident in his delivery. We're teaching at the Omega Institute next year together. Okay. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. We've been on each other's shows a few times. And, um, and so um, he, uh, I'm like, okay, dude, well, you know, I, maybe so I'll never be able to verify this or, or so I thought. So afterwards, after the recording, I'm like going to lunch or something with my son. And I'm like, oh, you should listen to this episode. This guy, Shaman Durek, he claims your mother's possessed by an entity named Lavana. And he goes, dad, that's the name of my new sister. That's what she had just, what? yeah. <laughs> so... So, you know, I mean, I just looked at my gene keys deeply for the first time a few weeks ago. Surprisingly, I had Richard Rudd on years ago. You should have him on if you haven't. He's he's so amazing. And um, and uh, who wrote gene keys? And I was looking at my um, life's purpose is to embrace the dark side. And it's my dad's life purpose. And it's my son's uh, life's work. Wow. It's just like, and my, it's just like, yeah, it was all three. Yeah. All three of us had it, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like the darkness is kind of there. And it's like, I, I feel like I like had this in my son as sort of like yin yang for parents, mm-hmm. you know, and he's very mm-hmm. balanced and very old mm-hmm. soul energy feeling very kind and good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, 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 the context that I have for a dark night of the soul, you know, yeah, I didn't quite answer your question. I, I, no, I mean, this is, uh, this, this is kind of leads to the sec, to the, to the other question. I think when I, when I talk about a dark night of the soul, it, it could sometimes be that, you know, for the, the context and the kind of view that I have in that it's kind of like the, that time that we are just 
we're just having this like existential crisis of like, should mm-hmm. I be here? Should I not? Mm-hmm. What's the point of all these things? And like, you're kind of like go to sleep crying or wake up, you know, in a, there's a, you have a sort of a depressive episode or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like density and heaviness that kind of just looms around for a while until you say, all right, I'm ready to feel it. Or yeah. life just throws you in a, fucking hurricane Mm -hmm. and you get in a car accident and you get locked out of your house and your partner breaks up with you and you get fired from your job and then your mom has a cancer diagnosis it you know some in my the context of of that i was at that i've been sort of uh studying and 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 learning about it it's it has always been this kind of pinnacle of complete chaos for people Mm -hmm. um so if that didn't come up for you in this way you know, God bless, honey. I think Maybe losing, this is the karma that you're in. I, Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think losing, <laughs> I mean, going from, so I always had a vision of, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur since I was a very little kid. I'm going to conquer the world and have, you know, my friend used to always tell uh, growing up and he's, oh, you know, Brandon's the next Bill Gates kind of, you know, vibe. So I always had this vision of making it big and having a huge win. And here, you know, the the, the company that I shared with you, it's like from my friend's couch, I'm going to manifest, you know, having had had mm-hmm. a hard time leading up to that. I'm going to manifest something right. great. And then, oh, here we go. Here, oh, you made it. Here's 30 million. Oh, never mind. And betrayal. And, you know, losing right. everything. That it's, qualifies a dark night yeah, of the yeah. soul. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was a painful one and to, to, yeah. to, to, to go through. Um, and I would say some people's dark nights of the soul are you know, more painful, you know, because I picked myself right up and kept going and I was, I'd already started a podcast and that teaching best what I most need to learn, you know, and got to continue yeah, talking right. about all these things, which help, you know, that's right. Yeah. It really does help. <clears throat> and, you know, the next question that I, that I, I want to um, follow up on is you kind of already spoken about this too, but I just want to like open that a little bit more to see if there's a specific experience. Have you had a mystical experience? Mm. Yeah, I love, I ask that question always. That's like a story of synchronicity, serendipity, positive paranormal story. Yeah, I've had quite a few. Um, And it's funny. Let us into one then, Brandon. Let's see. Um, So. I can see your mind like, "Mm, should I say that one? Should I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny because my whole life is like the amount of synchronicity, serendipity, it can be so intense sometimes. It's like, um, oh man, which story's best to share? Um, mystical experience. Um, man, it's funny that I'm even having to think about this because there's, you know, I kind of touched on like some of the synchronicity, like my birthday thing, you know, it's pretty. That's right. Pretty yeah, resist- that's why I said you had that, the experience with Durek and, I feel like you've already, you already missed this mythopoetic, mystical mm-hmm. approach to life. It's kind of like the backbone of how you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I think we we kind of want the mystical experience to be some big thing where we had an apparition and mm-hmm. an, an oracle knocking at our door. You know, whatever, whatever. I've got, a good, about, I think I've got all, a good one that just came. To okay, me. good, good, okay. good. I needed to say a couple more things okay. just to let you like, okay. so, you know, so. bring it up. So me and my former partner, um, 
we are um, we're going to quite a few transformational. Fe- this is mid. This is probably 2013 ish, 2014. We're going to a lot of transformational festivals at the time. You know, Burning Man esque kind of. Um, and we're at Lightning in a Bottle Festival. If you're familiar, oh my god, I love that. Festival. Yeah, I do too. It's so good. Um, and so the months leading up to that, she. Um, she would get, you know, we're, we're doing some, some plant medicine and mushrooms and things like that. And, and she'd get into an altered state where she's like singing this melody and it's like an ancient sounding melody. And she's not a singer really. And she's like, Brandon, I can't not sing it. I don't know. It's just like coming through me. Right. It was like a channeling kind of thing. And it was really beautiful and ancient sounding melody. So she had done this a few times. Now we're at lightning in a bottle festival. We're sitting in a teepee on Saturday night, you know, the biggest night of the, the event. And, um, and we're, we had, we had done mushrooms or something, um, similar. And we're kind of sitting there just kind of like, okay, we need a break from all the energy out there. Let's just sit in here for a few minutes. And I remember there was, um, a guy in the corner and he had like a teardrop tattoo, except it was a heart, you know, and it was like the, mm-hmm. the prison tattoo, but a heart. And he just kept looking at us like real mischievous. Like, I'm like, we're both like, what's up with that guy? There's something uh, interesting happening here. I don't know what. And uh, so I'm talking to my partner and she's like, yeah, today I went to, um, today I went and did yoga this afternoon, but at the same time, there was a workshop on Siberian shamanism. And I kind of wish I would have went to that. And I'm like, yeah, you you could do yoga anytime. Your mom's Siberian. That's like your people. You should go experience it. Oh, well, whatever. I missed it. So we go to journey around the festival some more. We go to leave the teepee and there's a girl uh, sitting there who's just like gawking at us, you know, like, and we're like, uh, hi, as we have to walk by her, hi. Uh, she's like, I'm so sorry. I've, uh, I've been staring at you two this whole time. I know. And there's just something about your energy that's so magnetic and beautiful. And, you know, I make a joke. Oh, it's, it's my partner. You know, she's beautiful, whatever. And so we go and we're putting our boots on by the fire outside. And all of a sudden we hear singing from inside the teepee. And my partner looks at me. I look at her. I'm like, oh, my gosh that's your song. That's the melody you, she'd been singing for, oh my God. for, for yeah. months leading up to it. We go back in yeah. to the teepee. We run back in. The, the, the woman who is gawking at us is in full like trance mode, like singing this melody. She starts adding words to it though. I am your sister. I am your mother, your eternal friend. It felt like to me in that moment, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is like Gaia channeling through her, the spirit of Gaia. So the energy's through the roof. There's like eight of us in the teepee. And, um, and then she finally snaps out of it. She goes, Oh my gosh, I don't know what came over me after I spoke to you both. Something came oh over me. My God. The two girls yeah, embrace, yeah. they're hugging. And it goes from this like heightened energy to all of a sudden this guy in the corner who witnessed and was just there the whole time starts mm-hmm. convulsing. And we're like, hold on. The, amazing. Hold on. What do we, is going do on? we need an ambulance? Like, uh, so, He's convulsing for a minute, just like so intensely. And then he just sits up and, and grabs me by the shoulders, gets this face, this close to my face and starts just like channeling all the stuff to me, you know, um, 
you know, everyone you touch, you'll transform, you know, just to be in your presence is such an honor. And he kept saying, like, one thing he said over and over is like, do not doubt yourself. You win in the end. Do not doubt yourself. You win in the end. He would just repeat this. And, um, you know, just things like just different messages, like you are the soul of the eternal child walking on the beach and it's covered in starfish and you're throwing them back in the sea. And the old cynical man is like pointing at you. Why would you do that? You can't save them all. And this, the essence of your soul is, but I can save this one, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, what was interesting is, and, and there's, there's quite, there's some other details to it. Like, like the, the, do not doubt yourself. Do not doubt yourself. The next morning, you know, I had shoddy cell service out there, as you know, at festivals, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got a signal. Next first thing is, you know, something about my kids tennis team. Like we finally, we won first place. Now we can wiggle our nose at the doubters. And the the drummer of no doubt had just invested in my company, you know, weeks before that, you know, and so there's all this stuff around that. And then what happened soon after was the the challenge that I told you about with the mm-hmm. losing my whole business and my friend and the mm-hmm. betrayal. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a pretty trippy one. Like, wow. Yeah. And then with this year, lightning in a bottle, I had a, my first what felt like um ufo contact like and that's a whole nother story like i've i've always wanted it but it's like lib for me for some reason is like okay wait 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 wait, wait. we you gotta go into this for a second but we do <laughs> need to as soon as you're done you need to monitor yourself we need to talk about the golden key modern alchemy to unlock infinite abundance we need to talk about that to give the listener uh, you know, an, an introduction into this modern alchemy. Mm. How do we unlock mm. infinite abundance? Great question. You know? So what I would like to do is I'll, I'll rattle off the keys in the book. How about that? And then yeah. um, I'd also, with your permission, like to gift the book to the listeners. I'll tell them how they can do that. Yes. Uh, I can do that at the end or whenever you think is appropriate. But um, so uh, I'm going to, I'm going to rattle off the, the keys in the book. And these are my okay. 25 years of deep exploration of the ultimate nature of reality. My, my, you know, sort of brew of uh, an interpretation and experiences are in this book. You know, some of these stories mm-hmm. are in this book. And so the first key is see the oneness. Okay. The second key is know the illusion. The third key is focus your flow. The fourth key is align your intentions. The fifth key is BBB. The sixth key is trust the mystery. Mm-hmm. The seventh key is love what comes. And the mm. eighth key is master the YOU universe. Master the universe. Oh my God, this is so good. I feel like I want to um, use these chapter headings as like, prompts for people to write poetry please do they're all so good oh, thank wow you. Thank you. oh my god thank you for that reflection wow. yeah it's so stunning i i can only imagine what will, what will you know arrive inside of people's hearts as they're working with these prompts but in your in your like lived experience and of course i i want to invite everyone who's listening to to get the book um, so before I ask this question, how can people get the book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you go to goldenkey.gift.gift okay. and use the code SASSY, you can get the audio and or ebook. 
uh, as a gift. Oh my God, genius. Wow, that's an amazing gift. So say that whole thing again, goldenkey.gift, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then you'll you'll see where you can purchase it, but with the code SASSY, you can get the audio or both, you know, ebook and or. Oh my God, I love it. Thank you very much. That's very generous of you, Brandon. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Okay, but thank you. I call it the good but, kind of selfish, right? It's like, that, that's right. It's like, hold on. <laughs> you mean I can maybe help you and you're really me in disguise and therefore I'm going to feel the energetic repercussions. I'm in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, but talk to us about like in your perspective, what does it mean to unlock infinite abundance? Like, mm. what does that even mean? I think in the world of spirituality, mm -hmm. a, of, of, of sort of like, you know, and I'm going to say some edgy things right now, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like my belief system and from studying, you know, sort of mostly Eastern philosophies like Vedic traditions and my backbone in Buddhism. You know, I think a lot of people think about abundance as this ability to manifest stuff. And they're so hooked on stuff, stuff, stuff. Yep. And the more stuff I have, the more spiritual I am, the quicker I can manifest stuff, the more yeah. spiritually enlightened I am. And, and people are kind of equating bank accounts to spiritual liberation. And and I, I, I'm just coming up into the space and saying, my darling, you, you've bought into the plot. Like the capitalistic, you know, like devil God is now sitting at the at your altar yeah. and you're bowing to their feet and you're mm -hmm. just saying, please take the way. And you mm -hmm. won't find the everlasting um, peace that lives inside of you when you're just going from one peak experience into the next, from one capitalistic, yep. individualistic, high into the next. Mm -hmm. That is not abundance. Abundance is not getting what you want when you want um, all the time. Absolutely. Like So anyways, I've given you my perspective on it. So please take it you, away. I agree 100% <laughs> with everything you just said. And I, I start the book out that way. It's like, you know, we always, you know, the, the default is to think of monetary abundance. And that's money is just one form of energy. It's actually can, can be a byproduct of your abundant nature. It's like when you start yeah. to really tap into the, the truth of the, the nature of the situation in which you find yourself, you are one with the source consciousness that creates and animates all things. Like, you know, it's like the Bible has the famous quote, I am that I am. But if you even break that up, I am that, I am that. I am that I am, I, I am. It's like, it is you and you are it. It's like, and so what a lot of, a lot of us have done by design is let's turn off the faucet of abundance because it's all an extension of me in some way, but I'm going to experience through a limited vessel and maybe I'll experience financial hardship or, you know, physical hardship or, and tapping into the alchemy to unlock infinite abundance is, is understanding the the truth under whatever the situation is in which you find yourself is that, hold on. Yeah. I may have experienced this and I have a choice to unlock more of that, which is already mine. It's not like a beggar, you know, asking, please someone, you know, Mr. Guy in the sky, you know, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> like you're the man behind the curtain or the woman or the, the mm -hmm. alien, the, the energy, mm -hmm. the consciousness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, um, you know, remembering re dash membering 
coming back together with all these other parts of yourself. It's like, you know, you built this place. That's how abundant you are. You, you mm. built this place. You may have amnesia to the fact that you built this place, but it doesn't change right. the, the, the reality that you're literally the architect behind your experience. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of abundance to be had in the form of experience and richness in so many ways, you know, mm -hmm. connection and love, uh, you know, time is he's certainly right up there if we're going to put something in a box to, to, to weigh, you know, to, to weigh it. Um, there's, you know, how many very rich people on their deathbed would give it all billions for another year, mm -hmm. another day, mm -hmm. you know, that's right. Because it, that's right. So, that's right. So it's just, mm. it's just really showing how to the, the place to, to unlocking more, the doorway to more abundance is gratitude for what already is. That's the path, the lead. You're already in the perfect place to take that next step. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's all, you're already, so many people are thinking, how do I get there? How do I scramble to get more money or love or any of those things? It's, there is no out there, out there. You, mm -hmm. we all have the same job to manage our vibration, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's your job. And that then shows you what your work job might be, it'll just lead you to it. Mm -hmm. It's a vibrational match. It, that's what mm -hmm. leads what comes through. So the people who feel cut off and confused, and I don't know what's next, and I don't know, the good news is right where you're sitting, you couldn't possibly be in a more perfect spot to unlock more abundance in your life. You, it, it, home run. Source is perfect. It's it's, it's mm. literally perfect. You're perfectly positioned. And it's a matter of realizing that and changing your perspective to see that and to tap into and to feel mm. it. And then you start tapping in, you start opening mm. these, these, uh, faucets that you, we've turned on, we've turned off. Mm. And the first step is gratitude. So like wherever I am, if I'm standing here and like, now I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. Sure. I'm a, I'm, I'm a struggling mom. I've got three jobs. I've got three kids yep. and the, the, I have, I have the electricity's on, but I have an eviction notice mm -hmm. at the door. I have only a couple more, you know, packaged foods that mm -hmm. are, that I'm going to feed to the children today. And, mm -hmm. and they're crying because I don't have med medicine for the, like, just think about like the complete chaos of someone who doesn't have their sure. basic needs taken care of. Like what would be the first step to unlocking infinite abundance and i and again i'm putting on the spot it's great it's just because great. these words coming together like i want the i want that person to know that there is a way mm -hmm. you know i i'm so glad that you you're putting me on the spot like that and it's it's really you know first off i would challenge that person to say have you had other challenges up to this point and I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess and say that they have. And guess what? You came through them. You've always mm. gotten through whatever is in front of you. Those things that seemed like the most crucial, important, challenging thing ever, you now, some of which you just don't even remember. You couldn't remember for a million dollars, you know? It's like, mm. so it's, it's, it's into this trust the mystery thing. Like if you can, if you can, Find the things to focus on that you're grateful for 
You know, maybe it's not that the electricity is going to be cut out or, you know, those things don't get you excited in any way, but just like, ah, this, like this moment, you, you named the three kids. My son is now, he just turned 24. I can't believe it. The age I was when he was born. You have a 24 year old son? I have a 24 year old son. you have a 24 year old son. I do. I'm 48. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. I just refuse to grow up. Remember the soul of the the infinite child? Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and so. You know, it's like for the the mother with the three small children, I I had a dream the other night of my holding a three-year-old or four-year-old. And then I got really sad in the dream because like, oh my gosh, I'll never have this experience again with my own child. You know, like that little boy Mm -hmm. is gone. Like, like in a Mm -hmm. sense, from a perspective, dead, gone, doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right. I love who's in its place, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so to be grateful for focusing your attention onto that mm-hmm. precious fleeting moment of what you have, you know, it's like the greater one toils for their freedom, the greater the sense of freedom that's a- achieved, you know, have be with your ideal mate or take your, your ideal mate, you know, whoever someone's fantasy is in Hollywood or otherwise, or, or your favorite food. And now imagine having that for eternity all day, every day, it'll become your least favorite you'll hate it, you know, but separate for like, um, I, I share in the, in, in my book, a story of my brother going to, he didn't pay a ticket when he was in his early twenties and got pulled over. They arrested him, put him in jail. He's like one of the most sensitive people I've ever met. Maybe the most sensitive here he is in jail with like, you know, he's super sensitive. He's there like four or five days. Um, they let him out at 1201 so they can charge for one more day. I pick him up at midnight, you know, one in the morning. I bring him home. Uh, he's just kind of traumatized from his experience. I, I cook him a Hot Pocket, right? And to this day, 20 years later, you ask him, what's the best meal you ever ha- had? That Hot Pocket, right? The perspective that it gives you. So if you're in, you know, you're in it right now, that. That's the stuff that's going to make it all worthwhile on the other side. That's mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. that is the contrast that your soul needs for anything to mean anything. And if you can bring mm-hmm. the vantage point in, in the appreciation in, it's like, you know, um, what is it? Man's search for meaning, you know, um, I forget the author's name. It's escaping me at the moment, but he, um, Frankel, Victor Frankel, he's, he's in a concentration camp and is in, you know, ecstasy, seeing the beauty of the fish head soup. It's water with a fish head, you know? And so he's able to tap in, in the mix, midst of all this horror and then goes on to inspire millions. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like that fuel that becomes fuel that serves so many other people. So if you can bring that perspective into the challenge, doesn't mean it doesn't still hurt. It doesn't mean it's still sing, but now you're tapping into a deeper layer of wisdom that mm-hmm. really on the, that, that unlocks abundance and gifts mm-hmm. and, and more magic mm-hmm. than you can even imagine. Wow. Thank you. That was really beautiful. Well done. You know, I put you on the hot seat, honey, (laughs) and you delivered in a variety of different ways. Well done. I want to add one thing for the listener um, about gratitude. You know, I was talking to Dr. Lisa Miller, who is a neuroscientist from Columbia University. She does a lot of work um, at the intersection of spirituality and science. 
And one thing that she was sharing is that when we're thinking about gratitude to activate gratitude at its highest neurochemical form at its like biological boost that it could offer us um, mm. in a sense of cooking up our own neurochemical cocktail that we're going to feel great. Yep. You know, yep. she says that one aspect of gratitude that we should, um, that we should invite in and, and focus on too is remember the ways that you have helped other people, mm. you know? So like in that moment of chaos where the kids are screaming and the lights are about to be off and you don't have food, you know, being able to be grateful mm. that you, that you have this moment, that you survive hundred percent of your worst days, tapping into this like mm. different mm. perspective. And then, you know, reflecting on like, I, it's, it's an Egyptian mystical uh, law, hermet, hermetic principle. It's not my world at all, but mm -hmm. Benjamin, uh, my boyfriend and his friend, Enelin, they both talk about this Egyptian mysticism. Mm -hmm. And I believe there's something to, to the effect of what you said too. It's like, to the degree that you've experienced pain, is it to the degree that you can experience a joy? Yeah. Um, which I also love that. But in that moment of the complete chaos, if you could find a way to pause and you can sh to to shift your neurochemistry and to shift your psychology and to open you up to your spirituality, one thing that could help is to also just take a moment to recall briefly a time that you've helped someone out of their misery. Mm, you've helped them. I love that. You pick them back up. And, and once you activate that, you're going to start the rigidity and the contraction from that experience of these circumstances will start to loosen up. Not that the, not that the food is going to appear at the table and that the lights are going to be back on and that the eviction notice is going to disappear. No, but it's what you said. It's a different perspective will make itself known to you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the perspective of the deity, the perspective of the of the of your inner Buddha will make itself known to you. And then all of a sudden, we're going to realize I've survived 100% of my worst days. I, love I can that. get through this too, you I know? Love so that. here we are. I love um, that statement. That. Surviving 100% of our worst days. And it's like, you know, Gandhi said, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. And I, I like to always add to that. The reason I believe that holds true is there are no others. And so you're always doing it to yourself. So if you're tapping into that moment, you served another, guess what? You're, you're literally stepping into a vibrational pool, right? Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. all of a sudden that vibrational pool, that energy is flooding over you. So there yeah. are no others like, oh, hold on. I'm tapping into, you know, helping mm -hmm. myself now. I'm becoming the eye in the center of the storm. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. you know, it's like smooth seas never made for a skilled sailor and we all came to be skilled sailors. So here you are, you know, really showing and demonstrating your skill, you know, with mm -hmm. anything. It's like people who are um, who are uh, scared to speak, you know, in front of an audience then they do it and they push past their nervous system adjusts. Next thing you know, five years in, they're the greatest speaker and they can do it. It's like a big nothing to them, you know, and, and it's, it, or anything for that matter. It's like, we're training our nervous systems to be able to hold more. And you, mm -hmm. you don't grow from, you know, sitting on the couch safe and warm and cozy all the time you need mm -hmm. there's a reason people are are you know training for athletic events and you know you mm -hmm. need to go through mm -hmm. that sort of um stretch to grow and that's just a part mm -hmm. of part of our journeys all of us so we might as well be mm -hmm. grateful so about much. it
Yes, I love this so much. And I just want to remind everybody that perhaps your comfort zone is built in, sorry to say it, honey, but perhaps your comfort zone is built on a bunch of habits that are distracting you from looking inside and are numbing you in ways that are keeping you stuck, you know? Mm -hmm. So perhaps it's time to shift out of your comfort zone. Perhaps it's time to Stop numbing and distracting yourself and multitasking mm. and start being in the present moment and, and being with the boredom and being with the chaos that makes itself known to you once you become still, you know, and no more distracting, numbing, uh, multitasking your discomfort away, you know, mm. like really utilizing the present moment as the gateway to feel so you can heal. Mm, and um, mm, yes. that's what's coming up for me as you're talking about the comfort zone. I'm like, honey, so much mm. of our comfort zones are built on habits that are just numbing us, distracting us from feeling. And when we're not feeling, we're storing these emotions and these emotions are then becoming this emotional baggage. And yep. no wonder why our minds are cluttered. No wonder why we feel so heavy, so dense, so scattered, so in a in a in this kind of like push and pull of depression, anxiety, addiction. Like I live through all of that, mysterious pains, gut issues, and you know, the variety of things that happens when we're not processing our feelings. So look at your comfort zone. If it's just built around you neglecting the present moment, neglecting your feelings, you know, uh, distracting yourself, numb yourself from all this. Anyways, I went in a rent there. Uh, I just rant. wanted to offer that as you were, as you spoke about the comfort zone. It's something that I have noticed so much in my own life. How much um, of of my spiritual journey I had been kind of, um, you know, I've built this little space around me that that kept me, uh, kept me safe in a way uh, from not feeling. You know, anything I could do to not be in a present moment, uh, feeling my feelings. You know, yeah. so. It, when you awaken to this somatic awareness, when you awaken um, to this ability to observe feelings, emotions, sensations come and go, you realize that the greatest joy isn't letting go of a happy feeling. Mm. It's not about holding on to it, you know? You know, it's going to pass. So enjoy it for what it is. The good news is there will be more uh, at some point and eternally, and there will be more challenges eternally. And thank goodness for them. It's like, it's, it's not so much about being, uh, fixated on happiness, rather be fixated on being at peace with what is right. You can say it, you can choose yes. to be at peace. You can always choose mm-hmm. to be at peace. Yeah. And the peace perspective and the, the, the backbone of peace is your ability to, to let go, you know, the, I, uh, uh, Jetsuma Tenzin Palmo, a great Indian saint. She's a yogi, spent 12 years in a cave. She says, you know, we believe that the greatest um, that the greatest mantra that comes out of Buddhism is Om Mani Padme Hom, right? Mm-hmm. Compassion for all beings. May all beings be happy and free of suffering. Om Mani Padme Hom. Um, great compassion mantra. But she says that she believes that the greatest mantra that's come out of Buddhism is let it go, let it go, let it go. So I, I do believe that peace comes from letting go. I do believe that the greatest joy comes from letting go. I do believe that our greatest sense of abundance comes from our, from our ability to like not hold on to anything materialistic too tight. Yep. And our ability to just take a jacket off of our back and give it to somebody uh, will unlock 
to use your language, um, you know, great abundance in our lives when we can like just let go of everything mm -hmm. that we're holding on tightly. Well, know? when you're giving something in that example, you're, you're, you're announcing energetically to the universe that you have it to give. And so it's like, you know, it just, it's like you give one away and two come, come in its place to some degree, you know, in some, some way, mm -hmm. shape or form, it may show itself, mm -hmm. you know, you're giving love. Um, Bjork has a great song, you know, uh, all is full of love. I don't know if you know that song. It's so good. And it's like, you, of course you, I yeah, know. So good. Okay. I figured you would. Um, and not everyone's tapped into the Bjork's magic, but, um, you know, she's like, talks about it in that song. Like you, you, all is full of love. It may not come in the way that you expect it. It may not come. You get, you know, a lot of times we get caught up and if I give it this way I, and I want it this way, it's like, it's, it's not quite always the way you just, mm -hmm. but you can know that you're literally creating more when you're giving from mm -hmm. a, a full heart. You're literally, mm -hmm. it's like love is the only thing that you give away and, and it, it expands becomes more as a result instead of diminishing. Right. So mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my goodness. What a great show. Thank you. It's been Thank you very such much. a pleasure. I, I had a feeling that, yes. you know, go wait this long of us doing the dance of trying to coordinate. And now I'm even that much more excited to have you on the positive head podcast as a guest as well. So um, oh my goodness. Thank you. I'll be honored and grateful. Listen, last question before we go, what does it mean to you to be spiritually sassy? What does it mean to be, to be spiritual sassy? Oh, I love that. Your questions. You've got some great ones. Like, okay. To be spiritual sass, spiritually sassy, don't take yourself so seriously. Like it's so easy to get caught up and I have all this wisdom and it's like enlightenment, lighten up. Like if you laugh at your, this is a ridiculous predicament we've put ourselves in. Like, <laughs> like if you can't laugh at this craziness that we've co-created as, you know, spiritual beings, you're missing, you're missing the mark. Like, so to me, I, I, I like to constantly, um, strive to bring humor. I mean, luckily my, my partner, girlfriend, she laughs at every dumb joke I make. So, which only fuels me on like, you know, I'm from the South originally, my, I grew up in Virginia. And so my dad calls pants dungarees. I go up to the person the other day at Costco, she's folding pants. I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, can you tell me where the dungarees are? And she's like, Hmm. And then she asked the other, like, where are the, and they're both folding pants, which are as you know, old Southern name for, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm trying to think where they could be. And they're sitting there folding the pants, you know, <laughs> not knowing that the name for it. So just like not taking myself seriously, bringing good hearted, like just silliness to life. That's, that's, that's enlightenment. Cause when you're laughing, you are, you are truly connected with God. You, that is like everything, you know, feel, you know, I remember one more thing. I remember talking to someone one time who was, had a channeling coming through for me and it was like very intense about some of the things I would experience in the path and like sort of this, you know, you will have to face your deepest darkness as this is such a key life for you. And it, and it's like, and then it came up like, but what about injecting humor into all the challenge or the darkness when it's like, it doesn't know what to do with that. It dissolves everything. Mm. You know, that's being spiritual sassy to me.
Mm, I love this so much. Thank you. Thank you for that definition. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on the show. Really, it's been like truly a joy. Such an honor. Such a pleasure. I look forward to connecting in 3D at some point, hopefully. Yes, and, please. Yeah, yes, please. We're leaving to go and in, in retreat. Uh, we're leaving to Nepal this weekend on Saturday. Mm. We're going to be in silence for a month uh, at a monastery. But when we're back in the new year. Yeah, yeah you're to, in the LA area as well, right? If I recall. Los Angeles yeah, I'm in Santa Monica. I'm in Venice, and I do have like the most incredible. Uh, yeah, I think we might have talked about this. I, I, me and my partner run the Mystic Manor, which is like co-living slash event space, and it's like transformational community, like festivals. Lib for a day with 150 people every six to eight weeks. Oh my god, you gotta okay. come. We do need to talk, yeah, honey. Yeah. I gotta come. Okay, well, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. Peace. Oh, until next time, journey well, my friend. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another spiritually sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Bye.